Let us pray. Father, we thank you today for your presence with us. We thank you, Lord, that you are mighty in our midst and there is none to be compared with you. There is none to be put beside you. You are high and you are exalted and there is no gods, no foreign gods to you. We humbly bow before you this morning and we wait upon you, Lord, as you share with us today your heart, your thoughts. We pray for your the freedom, the expression of your spirit through your servant. We give you thanks, Lord, So pray in Jesus' name. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon, everybody. It has been a, a good time in the Lord, and it's my prayer that we continue to enjoy his presence. I want to recognize um, Mr. Patrick Smith and his wife. I think it's the first time they've been here since they got married. And um, Joshua, we welcome you all. And we continue to pray the Lord's blessing upon your marriage that you will indeed enjoy what he has promised to you. And we give God thanks for what he's already doing. And for those who are visiting with us, it's nice to have you as well. I didn't know that we had Aria FM with us. I had a class with the young ones in there. Then I had a class with the adults, so I didn't know. But it's good to have you with us this morning sharing. And I hope you have been enjoying and for those others who are also visiting. It's good to have you as well. I want to say too that I'm grateful, I'm thankful for the outpouring of concern, of love for, um, for those of you, or all of you, who have been expressing your condolences on the past with my mother. I thank you very much and we, we do crave your prayers as we go through this time. The Lord indeed has been good and remains faithful and we are forever grateful to him for keeping us and for strengthening us. Um, indeed, some of you would have met her uh, when she visited here a couple of times. And for those who are in the, the higher group of learning, the 61 to 100 group, you would have enjoyed her company, I am told. I want to share a few thoughts from Genesis 35, 1 to 5. I hope not to be too long, but we'll see how it unfolds. Genesis 35 speaks to, and I was asked this morning about the, the topic. I didn't have a topic, really. But um, what did I tell you, Garfield? Um, awake and go out in victory. Awake and go out in victory. God called out to Jacob. He said, arise and go. Go back to Bethel, where we met some time ago, several years ago, and dwell there, make an altar there to God, who appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau. Now, remember the story of Jacob. Jacob had um, his mother took the birthright, 
um, from his brother Esau, Jacob being the younger, Esau being the older, took the blessing that should have been uh, Esau's. And so there was a fear that his brother Esau would have been after him. So he ran. His mother said, go to my brother Laban some distance away and spend time there until it's safe for you to return where your brother would have been appeased. And so Jacob ran. And when he ran, there's a place that he stopped. And I'm going to read verse, chapter 28, verse uh, 13. And it says, and, the Lord, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land in which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south. And in you and in your seeds, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Let me explain this to you. This is a promise that the Lord God himself is making to Jacob. Think about it that Jacob stole his brother's birthright, tricked his father and took the blessing that belonged to his brother. He ran, but even though he did all of those things, God still have a plan and a purpose for him. He said, I'm going to make you, your descendants vast from the east to the west, the north to the south. You shall be as a dust of the earth. You are in a position somewhere. I'm not sure where you are. But God is saying to you, even now, even where you are, even though you may have been doing something, did something you shouldn't have done, God still has a plan for you. He remains faithful to you. I want you to remember that as we go along. Verse 19. Jacob speaking now. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of this, that city had been Luz previously. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God and this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house and all of that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. God made a promise to Jacob and Jacob in turn made a vow to God. Jacob is committing himself to God that if you do this, I will do that. I will commit to be that unto you. How many of us have made vows to God? Many of us have done it in the past. Lord, if you, save, if you, if you deliver me from this sickness, I will serve you. If you give me a job, I will serve you. If you do this for me, provide me, take me to this debt, this situation, I'm going to turn my life over to you. 
How many of us have done that? I remember Damon. Damon got baptized uh, several weeks ago. The tallest guy to have gotten baptized here in a long time. He could have stepped into the pool. He didn't need any chair or anything like that. That tall guy. And he shared his testimony, brief testimony. And I remember him saying that, God, if you take care of my mother, look after her, I will give my, my heart to you. And he saw the Lord God took care of his mother. And as a commitment to God, he carried through that vow. And he, he understood what he said, and he accepted Lord Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. So when we make our vows, be careful to follow through. So when, when, when God told Jacob to, to arise, to get up, between chapter 28 to about 35, a lot has happened to Jacob, and you read his story on your own, when he was he met with Rachel, I mean, he had to either work, what, 25, 21 years before he could to, to get married to Rachel, the one that he loved. He married to, I think it was Leah before, and he had to work and work and work and work before he got that. He went through different situations and challenges during that time. But the promise that God made him hadn't come to pass yet. The vow that he had made to God he hadn't done anything about that yet. Time had elapsed. He became lazy. He became distracted. He became just away from God. Chapter 35, God is saying to him, and that's a gentle reminder. He says, Jacob, arise. Awake. Get up. It's time to go. It's time to move. There are some things that are happening in your life now, in your family's life, that it's time for you to change your position. Time, time for you to move from where you're at. Because the vow that you made to me, it has to happen now. The promise that I've made to you, I'm going to do it now. But you have to move from where you are. So he's saying, arise. It was that time, a dark moment in in, in um, Jacob's life things were going bad for him and his family in chapter 34 something happened in chapter 34 where Dinah the daughter of Leah was um <laughs> went out to the land in which they lived and she was beautiful and the guys around the area looked at her wanted her and they took her they raped her but what happened is that even though they did that they still wanted a relationship between themselves the family and Jacob's family. They insisted that, um, you know, we can just bury that. That's okay. We, we never mean, for, you know, we don't, we don't really, we're sorry to do it, but we just want a relationship with you and us now. Just because they, they were afraid of anything 
bad happening to them. So the two sons, <laughs> what they did, they said, okay, let's, let's, let's work with a plan. You can be a part of us, but the, the, the males in your, in your tribe, in your, in your society, they are not circumcised. And you cannot be a part of us unless you are circumcised. So, so okay, fine, we, we, we'll circumcise our, our males. And they were all circumcised. And on the third day, when they were still sore and in pain, two of Jacob's sons, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brothers, they went to the city and they killed all the male. Because in that condition, they could not, those males, they couldn't go to war, they couldn't do anything. So when they killed all of them, the blood, their garments were stained, the blood was on their hands, everything was happening to them. What happened after that? Jacob said to his sons, you have troubled me by making me obnoxious among the inhabitants of the land. Among the Canaanites and the Perizzites, and since I'm few in number, they will gather themselves together against me and kill me. I shall be destroyed and my household. I'm just giving you a background because I want you to understand. They killed those men. And the, 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 the tribes around them were willing, they were ready to go to war with Jacob and his family because of what the sons did. All of these things were happening. Now chapter 35 and God said to Jacob, Arise, having gone through that, it's time now for you to move. Awake out of your slumber, Jacob. Awake. Years ago, you should have been farther ahead. But you kept on going around in circles. You kept on doing things. You kept on waiting. It's time to awake. I don't know where you're at in your own life. You could be in a very dark place, in a place where... You know it shouldn't be, but you are there anyhow. In a situation where it looks dim and you, you, not, you, not, you don't see a way out. God has made a promise to you. You made a promise to God. God is saying to you, now is the time for you to awake out of your slumber. Awake, come alive. Arise, he says, and go to Bethel. In verse 2, it says, And Jacob said to his household, and to all who are with him, Put away the foreign gods that are among you. It's the first thing that they had to do, to get rid of the foreign gods. When they left Laban's house, some of them had different trinkets with them, different um, things, gods that they worshipped. Some of them had them. And Jacob probably didn't know about some of those things that he had. But he said, God said to him, get rid of the foreign gods. What is your foreign god today? What is it that's taking your time away from God? What is it that's pulling you away from the presence of God? 
What is it that's not allowing you enough time to worship, to spend time in his word, to understand what he's saying? Why, why am I, why are we so stagnant? Because we are distracted by other things. Other things come in our way. It could be the job, as important as the job is. It could be our family or our spouse, as important as they are. It could be the, 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 the motor car, because it makes life easier going to and fro in Jamaica. It, it, could be, it could be our image, our image is so important. It could be something that we worship, we spend more time about that than spending time in God's presence. What is it that you're going through? What is that your experience? What is it that you're pulling you away from God? That's not allowing you to spend the time in his presence and then allowing him to minister to you to the point of change. We can spend the time, you know, but we say, okay, let me read the word and we can read. So we read. But then there's no change when we get up from God's presence. That's not what he wants. He wants to see change because sometimes you're reading the word and you know, in my mind, I need to, to go and watch something. So let me hurry up and read it. In my mind, I need to call somebody. So let me hurry up and read it. In my mind, I need to go somewhere else. So let me... No, that's not what God wants. Those things are taking time away from God. Get rid of the foreign gods. Get rid of those things that hinder us from, 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 um, from holding on to God. I would have shared this some time ago in my class. Some of you may know about or heard about this, this evangelist, little bit of itty bitty lady, Corey Ten Boom. Chai, Korean, I think she's Korean. Corey Ten Boom. She has one or two things that she says over the years, and one of them that I like is to hold on to what you have lightly. Hold it lightly. Hold everything in your hands lightly. Otherwise, it hurts when God pries your fingers open. When we hold things tight, when we have things in our hands, it, it could be our children, and we love our children dearly. And I see some nice children, children and young people here, and I love them dearly. They look nice, and they have potential, and they are growing, and they're maturing. And we hold on to them so tight that we restrict them from being who they are. Our spouse, our job, whatever it is, we don't allow them to be who they really should be. Corinthian Boom says, in other words, whatever God has given you, whatever he has given you, hold on to it lightly. Because there's not come a time when he's not needed from you. And if you hold on to it too tight and it begins to, to open your fingers, it's going to pain. It's going to hurt. And when God really wants something from you, there's nothing you can do about it. Hold it lightly. So when he takes it away from you, your hand is open to receive more from him. If your hand is open to receive more, your heart will understand that my whole heart, my whole life, my whole being has to be open to receive God. To receive more of him. In Joshua 7, we know the story quite well, I believe. Having gone and they've, they won the battle, but then they, they went to, to fight um, the battle at AI, AI, and they lost 36 
of their men when they shouldn't have and then they begin to bawl God said why are you doing that for they are sin in the camp so when they searched and they found that Achan had taken some of the spoils and he went and hid it in his, in his tent instructions were do not take anything he hid it and as a result the children lost men they had to run so what did God do they had to get rid of Achan and his family God is merciful to us these days can I tell you look at one in your family look at one in my, look at my family and we, we recognize that there are individuals who maybe cause us to go astray. In our own family, we have challenges. It could be a slight problem with our son or our daughter. It could be a slight problem with um, the spouse, the mother or the father. But because of their life and their lifestyle, it caused the judgment of God to be upon that family. But not only on the family, but also the church family as well. It affects not only them, but here at Jubilee, at any other church location. So we have to ensure that what happens, we are subjecting, we are submitting that God. Achan found out the hard way. So when you get rid of the foreign gods, Jacob found out somebody was close to him. Rachel actually took um, silverware and other things from, from Laban's tent when she was running away. And when Laban came and searched and was searching for the, for the, for the, um, the trinkets and everything, they couldn't find. But Rachel sat on them on her, on her transport, her donkey, or her mule, whatever it is she was sitting on. And she said to him, forgive me, my Lord, because it's that time for me I cannot stand. We go through, we do things just to escape. But we need to get rid of those things that we hold dear to because they are holding us back. Get rid of the foreign gods. Get rid of things that in your life. Sometimes there are, there are things in our own houses. Um, I remember years ago, we, I'm not sure what happens now in, in our houses, but you go to somebody, some people's house, they have a, a lot of, the, um, the, the, what do you call it? Figurines? It just, oh, the whole place is full of it. And believe you me, sometimes we don't know what we have in our houses. So we need to go through when we go home, look at what we have, and just ask the Lord for direction. Next command, purify yourselves. It's impossible. When you're going to go into the presence of God, we need to purify. That's how we had the communion just now, and Sister Sunil led us in prayer. To purify ourselves. Purify ourselves of that which is not of God. Purify ourselves that we might be right before God. In Genesis 34, I mentioned earlier, um, and 
about the, the slaying of the males and what they went through. Because they were clean, they were not clean, they were dirty from that. God is saying, purify yourselves from that. Wash yourselves. Wash yourselves. Get rid of those things, the dirt, the things that are on us that uh, is not what God wants. Isaiah, 50, Isaiah 1, 15 says, When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rebuke the oppressor. Defend the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Verse 18 says, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are, like, they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. God is calling us to purify ourselves. As we approach him day after day, moment by moment, we ask the Lord to cleanse me from my sin. Purify my heart. David, we know it quite well. His sin, Psalm 51. Wash me. Purify me, Lord. We need to get ourselves to a place of recognizing that we are, we are not pure before God and we need to ask him to purify ourselves. Unless we, we, we cannot go before him in his presence. We cannot go any and any home. I want to read for you First John chapter 3. I'm doing a lot of passages just to show you the connection and to, for you to understand how important it is. First John 3 says, and verse 2, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Verse 3, And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. It says, Beloved, know we are children of God. And as children of God, it means that we are joined here with Jesus Christ. It means that we belong to him. It means that we are going to be with him. It means that we are going to just reign with him. Now, if you and I understand that, what it means is that immediately we should begin to keep ourselves pure just as how he is pure. The word says, be holy as I am holy. Pure, if you are children of God and you know you are a child of God, it means that your lifestyle, it means everything about you ought to be different. Everything about you is different. Everything about my life speaks to Christ. It speaks about him. It should speak to the glory of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we are his children, then we ought to be living our lives as such. That there should be no question, there should be no doubt in our minds. Because the things that we are doing, 
it creates doubt even our own selves and for those who look on they're not even too sure what we represent or who we represent but as his children we ought to be pure if you are his children as he says beloved no we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when we, he is revealed, we shall be like him. And if you are going to be like him, then it says to us, everyone who has this hope in him, we have a hope in him that he is coming back for us. Do you have that hope? <laughs> no, answer me. Do you have the hope that is coming back for you? I need to hear because if you are saying yes to him then your life somehow somewhere has to be changed what it is right now it doesn't matter how good you think you are it doesn't matter how good i think i am there has to be a change in our whole outlook in god and, we, and i believe we need to understand fully what it means to be a child of god and what is expected from us one of the expectations is for us to be pure as he is pure. When you got up this morning and we all look so nice in red and thank you Pastor Mel for the emancipation of the blood and it's powerful, the red looks nice. No matter what, it does look good. Some of us probably didn't get the memo, but that's fine. You can wear it next week plus the Jamaican colors. Mix it up next week. But you, had your, you got up this morning, you brush your teeth, and you bathe and you put on cologne and perfume and all you smell nice and you look good so that was your wash that was your physical purification because you know you're gonna come among god's people and you want to look good you want to smell good so having done the purification in the bathing you have to put on clothes right you have to change your clothes so you didn't put on the clothes that you went to bed in last night, the, the night clothes, the nighty, whatever it is you, you call it. You couldn't do that and come to church this morning. It, would, it wouldn't work. The pastors would wonder what is happening? What have we done to these people? God said to Abraham, to Jacob, purify yourself. Um, he says, put away the foreign gods that are among you, purify yourselves, and change your garments change your garments remember what happened in chapter 34 the guys were Simeon and they were all bloody from what they did they were all bloody so they had to change their garments they had to, 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 to put on clean garments but even as it spoke to those two it spoke to, to, to Abraham, the Jacob's tribe that they too need to get rid of that which is there we as a people of god we have to change our garments we have to change how we look having purified ourselves we cannot put new wine into old wine skin because it will burst one of the prayers I pray a lot is, Lord, increase my capacity to hold more of you. Increase my capacity to hold more of you. 
when we have new clothes we are going to receive more from god when we have changed our garment we have changed our whole outlook on life and think because of what god has done he is going to pour into us a newness and a freshness in Zechariah 3 i'm going to read it but i think you may know it when 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 joshua stood before the lord and he comes and he was in dirty clothing the lord himself said satan the lord rebukes you and to change his garments, they take off his turban and take off his garments and give him new turban, give him new clothes. And it's important that we understand even that significance of the turban and the clothing that his whole mind had to be renewed, his whole being had to be changed. So he could, as a high priest, go in and do what he had to do. For us, we too have to change our garments we have to look differently if we are purified and we understand that we are pure in him we cannot just look any and anyhow we have to look good we have to walk good we have to talk good we have to walk with the authority and the confidence of god the holy spirit himself working and and, and working through us and manifest himself through us that's the look that god wants in our lives and if every single one of us will be obedient to God in this way, then I guarantee you, God will do what he has to do. So, change your garments. You cannot go to the altar looking like trash. You cannot go coming to the house of God looking wishy-washy. Some of you probably don't even know those um, terms. You're too, probably you're too young. You look like you, you, you're just like trying to find the right word. But you're not ready. But God wants you to be ready. He wants you to be prepared. He wants us to be the place of significance in him. Awake. We are all going on to victory. So it says in verse 3, Let us arise and go to Bethel. Made the altar there. So they gave Jacob all the foreign gods which were in their hands, the earrings which were in their ears, and Jacob hid them under the turbineth tree, which was by Shechem. So every trinket, everything that was hidden, everything that Rachel had hidden, that she was sitting on, and sometimes we are sitting on things. We are at places we're not supposed to be. We are, we are with people we're not supposed to be with. We are doing things we're not supposed to be doing. God says, I want you to get rid of those things out of your life. Jacob took the things and he hid them under the tree. The tree wasn't nearby. He went to a place, hid it, so that they wouldn't know and go back and dig them, dig them up for themselves. And you know, we are like that sometimes. We say, Lord, forgive me for this sin and I'm going back there again. And we put it down over here so. But because we know, so we put it back down over here. If we have easy access to it, oh, okay, I feel like it today. I pick it up back. And we, we, we keep on doing that. We're not going anywhere. Jacob hid those idols those trinkets, those things that were other gods. Hid them. Birdie things. 
having done all of that, what was the result? In verse 5, it tells us. It says, And they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were all around them, and they did not pursue the sons of God. Remember, let me go back to chapter 34 for you and read it so you can understand the connection. In verse 30 of 34 it says, Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, You have troubled me by making me obnoxious among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites, and since I'm few in number, they will gather themselves together against me and kill me. I shall be destroyed, my household and I. But what happened in verse, 35, in, in verse 5 of chapter 35? The Lord miraculously allowed the fear of God around those who Jacob was afraid of before. Those who were afraid, he was afraid of. They were now afraid of him and his people. They were now afraid of him because of what he did. He got rid of the foreign gods. He purified themselves. They changed their garments. And then they were ready for war. So when they left, going back to Bethel, they could walk out knowing that they were victorious over the enemy. Obedience is what God asks of us. Those around them could not touch them. They thought they had all right and they were afraid of Jacob was afraid of them. But because of what they did, those enemies could not move a muscle. Are you in a situation where your enemies are running rampant over you? They're troubling you as you go through the gate, as you come in at night, as you go um, through your situation at work or somewhere else. As you enter the office, you're in school and you're not sure. You, there, was, there was some person that does wait to come in to your life and to cause misery. You know those persons, right? Uh-huh. God has a plan for you, not for them. Is a plan for your life. Whatever God made a promise to Jacob to do, that promise is still intact. The promise he gave to Jacob is still intact. The vow that Jacob made to God, God is waiting on that vow to come to pass. So he's saying, let me help you along. He said, awake and go. So that the vow you made to me to serve me it will not happen. God is saying to you today, it's time for you to awake. Look at your own situation. You know what you're going through. What is your season? What is the territory? What is, what is the dark place that you're facing? God wants to pronounce the blessing upon your life. He wants to pronounce that blessing. There's a landmark that you need to um, achieve. There's something you need to leave behind. When he was there at a place, Bethel first, there was a stone that he poured oil over. He said, this place, no longer knows, but Bethel. What is it that you have that you need to leave? 
What are the foreign gods in your household, in your life? What is it that you need to look at in your own lives? What is that holding you back? That's preventing you from being the best that you can be. Are you willing to be purified? Are you willing to go through a process of purification? As a child of God, you know that you need to be purified and to be that way. What are the clothes that you need to change? Wives, husbands, husbands, wives, mothers, fathers. I've seen and I've heard in my, 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 my connection in what I do. Persons come before me and they share. And I cry. I have my own personal experience. I do. But I cry inside when I'm going through these individuals. And I want to challenge every single person here this morning who is a, a husband and a wife that your spouse is not your enemy. That person is your wife, is your husband, is your lover, is your soulmate, is that which God has given you. Hold on to that person. Whatever is happening between you, whatever strange gods one person may have, be accountable to each other. Identify, help, remove. Be strong together in that. You have children. Your children are looking at you. They are watching. Your children are observing you day by day. How you treat mommy. How you treat daddy. How you treat them. God wants you to be more responsible to each other. As parents, as children to parents, we have to encourage those of us who are children, teenagers, those who are below teenagers, the little ones coming up. We have to set examples for them. Our lifestyle, our attitude, everything about us have to reflect that. We can be conquerors. We are to be conquerors. We should be conquerors. In fact, we are conquerors. But God is saying to every single one of us, for us to awake. Awake. Be aware of what is happening. Let us not take this for granted. There are things you need to do. There are things you need to change. So today... I want us to understand, as an individual, single person, you're married, it doesn't matter, just an individual, your responsibility is to God. It is to God. So my challenge to us today is that we seek to understand the purpose that we are called and that we, when we obey him, when you do all that we just went through, we will be overcomers. Even our enemies will be at peace with us.
that right we have the power shall we stand please today we have shared a little bit about promises that God made to us vows that we have made to him and we may have been, we may have been slack in that we didn't follow through we weren't obedient to continue but God is saying no it's a time for you to redeem that he promised that he will give to you what he has promised you know what he promised you you know and you're saying Lord how long he's waiting on you to be at that place because when you get it in the state you are in you cannot control it when you get it and you are prepared to receive it then you will see the fullness of it so let's pray let's pray let's pray today you are you are here you have never accepted Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior I didn't mention earlier about being a children of God if you didn't accept it, you haven't accepted him you are not a child of his you're a child of the devil, Satan. And we don't want that. We want you to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you want to accept him today, raise your hand. We're going to pray for you. Anyone like that? No. You're out of touch, out of fellowship with the Lord. You walked away. But no, he is saying awake. And you, you have awakened from your slumber. And you want to come back to him. Anybody like that? Okay. We're going to pray. The Lord's strength for us as we go on. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you made the provisions for us. That we could see you. You have made promises to us, Lord. And we, we wait and in fact, we have received them already. We have even enjoyed them. And so, Lord, we know that you have more for us. We too have committed to you, Lord God. We have made vows to you. But now, Lord, we are saying we are ready to, to come with the vows that we have made. So receive from us, Lord. So we ask the blessings upon you, God's people. That you can just strengthen them. That you can encourage them, Lord God. Encourage all of us that as we go through today, as we go through and reflect on what you have said to us today, that our lives will be different because we are your children we are walking in the authority. So Lord, to the thanks that even as we walk through today, that our enemies, oh, even our enemies, Lord God, will be at peace with us. They'll be terrified because of what you are doing in our lives. So we give you thanks and we ask you to bless us now as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. But um, you may be seated. And I believe that you may be, you may be seated. <laughs> you may be seated. And we thank the Lord for today. And we are just going to release you and that you will 
just kind of be blessed as you go through this week and we give you thanks so father we thank you for your people again we ask you to bless them as we as we release them unto you into your care watch over them prepare them lord god prepare every single one of us for what is ahead you alone know so we ask your covering we ask your watch care we ask you lord to lead us guide our steps lord let our steps be ordered by you and that as we go we go in the authority and the power of jesus christ and that your name alone will be glorified we give you thanks in the name of jesus christ we pray amen and amen have a good day and the lord bless you and watch over you amen